Oh yeah, happy hump day everyone. Welcome back to Guaranteed Entertainment. I am your host, Garen Shant, and in today's podcast, we are going to talk about the weekly news update and your top news stories of the day and of the week. Also going to dive into a little bit of the world of sports. There were some big retirements with Dirt Nowitzki, Dwayne Wade. I also want to throw in a little bit of food. I know we just had a foodie podcast, but I just ate at this restaurant that was absolutely amazing. I'll throw that in there and also going to really talk about a subject that I am very passionate about, uh, which is CTE. And for those of you who don't know what CTE is and uh, what that means, it stands for chronic traumatic encephalopathy. And basically, it's a disease very similar to Alzheimer's, but it is very commonly found in athletes, specifically football. Um, and it's recently been under scrutiny since 2002, I believe. And I, I want to inform you guys about it because it is an, an very, a very important topic that isn't being covered very well. So let's go ahead and start with the top news stories of the week. So it looks like Attorney General Anthony Barr says he doesn't know if Mueller supports his controversial conclusion on Trump. Now, as we all know, Anthony Barr, or not Anthony Barr, excuse me, Attorney General Barr uh, came out and said that Donald Trump is did nothing that he believes should make him go to prison or serve any type of jail time. Uh, many people are saying that he thinks that everyone thinks that Barr is holding some crucial information back. And it looks like Robert Mueller is even saying that Barr is holding some stuff back. Go ahead and take a look at it. Um, I haven't read too much up on it. I'm just kind of scrolling through some top news stories for y'all because I want to keep y'all up to date. I think it's a very, very good thing to be informed as an American citizen and a citizen of any country. Um, also, there is a whole bunch of people in the United States that are facing some extreme weather warnings. So right now, it is scalding hot in Texas. And just two weeks ago, we were in 20 degree weather. And now it is 93 degrees. And there's an ozone warning, all sorts of crazy stuff. But it looks like it's there's also some snow going on. It looks like in the Midwest area, Nebraska, Illinois, uh, in that in that kind of section over there, lots of snow. Uh, so be careful out there. Definitely, whenever there's ozone days like this, you want to try and not go outside too much. If you do go outside, don't go and run and stuff because it's very bad for your lungs. And also, come on, save the environment. Don't mow your lawn when. It, it is an ozone day, a bad ozone day, because basically lawnmowers have no type of carbon emissions that they are carbon emission emissions tests that they have to pass. So I think I read uh, read an article that said there's like eight times the amount of carbon is released in, in like 30 minutes of mowing your lawn uh, compared to driving a single car, which is insane the fact the amount of carbon that is being released into the atmosphere is a leading factor of climate change if you don't believe in climate change i'm willing to argue with you because i really think you should read up on it and definitely back up your facts because carbon emissions have really really been hurting us uh, and especially the earth uh, trees have been getting cut down it, and the carbon, it's its increasingly making the oceans get warmer and warmer and warmer. As we know, that's what's melting the ice out in Antarctica. Um, so 
please, please, please do not go and mow your lawn. Always pay attention to what are good ozone days, bad ozone days, and try and get a lawnmower that is environmentally friendly. Try and get an electric one. Those ones are usually pretty good for the environment. Um, also, it looks like this is some cool science news. This is what I mentioned in the intro. Uh, so it looks like scientists found a black hole, and it is really, really cool. So this is an article of Brian Resnick from Vox. So it's basically a massive black hole at the center of, he says, the Messier 87 galaxy um, with a mass of six and a half billion suns and the force of its gravity propels jets of plasma moving at near the speed of light that are some 4,000 light years long. Wow. And I think I even saw that it was the size of the Earth is how big this black hole is. Now, it's really cool how scientists are able to get this stuff. It's basically saying they were able to capture it with this telescope. Uh, um, I think it's in here. Let me try and find it. So it basically, it's a simple mirror telescope. And it's in this article from Vox. It says, in it, the curved surface of a mirror reflects light back to a central point where an image comes into focus. The EHT does a similar thing, and it looks like the math involved in stitching together an image from these recordings is similar to what an MRI scanner or a CAT scan does when mapping the inside of your body. Demetrios Saltis, an astrophysicist at the University of Arizona, has said. So that's super crazy. I think that's really cool. It reminds me a lot of Interstellar. That's why I like Interstellar a lot because Interstellar really makes you think, and that black hole that he kind of went down, that was kind of weird at the end of the movie. I know it's a little bit of a spoiler, sorry, but if you haven't seen it, you need to go see it, but kind of spoiling it right now. Interstellar was a really cool movie. Basically, I think it was Blight was taking over basically all the Earth, and dust was getting all in, especially children's lungs and stuff like that, and they were coughing, and everyone was basically going to die unless Matthew McConaughey, I don't remember his name in the movie, went, um, and he's, a, he's an astronaut, went and into this separate galaxy or universe to search for a livable planet. Uh, First things first, uh, finds a couple, and then at the end basically falls into a black hole, and then eventually gets rescued, and then goes back out into space again. Short spoiler, there's the movie, basically. I just saved you about two or three hours of your life. You're welcome. Also, it looks like... Um, so there's a deadly super fungus spreading across the United States, so that's kind of scary right there. Um, it says the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is warning that there's a deadly drug-resistant fungus spreading throughout the United States, and it is a serious global health threat. Um, it says NBC's Stephanie Gosk reports, while NBC medical correspondent Dr. John Torres weighs in on detection and prevention. Uh, I'll see if I can find more of that. It looks like there's an article right here from CNN. Michael Nettleman is the one that wrote this. Uh, so it says, now a decade after it was discovered, cases have been reported in more than 30 countries around the globe, including the United States, Australia, India, Germany, Israel, Venezuela, and South Africa, according to the United States Centers for Disease Control and, Con and Prevention. Um, and it says it began in 2009 when doctors in Tokyo swabbed the ear of a 70-year-old woman and found an unknown strain of fungus 
fungus, excuse me, that can infect humans and in severe cases cause a blood infection in high-risk patients. It's called Candida aris. I'm sure I mispronounced it, uh, but go ahead, take a look at that. That's very uh, interesting. I think the whole world of science is super cool, super neat. They're always finding new things that I never knew. Um, I'm going to go ahead and click next here, see if there's any good stuff. Uh, I guess that's kind of it in the news today, but I'm going to go ahead and jump into the world of sports real quick. Obviously, Dirk Nowitzki retired last night along with Dwayne Wade. And if you just compare the crowds that Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Dwayne Wade had, it is, it's, it's stupid because Dirk Nowitzki, I'm, I'm sorry if you're a Dwayne Wade fan, but Dwayne Wade is forcing people to take pictures with him, forcing people to, I mean, he just released a tweet today that was basically saying, hey, I'm doing rehabs and we're not even in the playoffs so I can play tonight. That's how good of a player I am. Like, dude, shut up. Go out there and play. And this is why he's had to force himself to take pictures with other players and act like it's such a huge deal for his retirement when really... America's sweetheart, and especially Dallas's sweetheart, is uh, Dirk Nowitzki. Incredible guy, the seven foot two German, and he is just—he's been incredible. I think it was. Let me pull up the tweet here. I think I saw it gave all his stats, but I—I I know the thing was 41-21-1. Number it was 41, 21 years, one team. He obviously won a championship. So I'm gonna go ahead and pull up this article here and it's basically breaking down Dirk Nowitzki's stats um, and all that stuff so let me see so 1998 is when he was drafted in the first round pick number nine he was a 14-time all-star 2007 NBA MVP the tallest player to hit 1500 plus threes 21 seasons the 50-40-90 club 2011 NBA champion and finals MVP, sixth all-time leading scorer in NBA history, 12-time All-NBA. Wow, that's a legend. And Dirk is the type of guy that didn't want any recognition. He didn't want people to take pictures with him. He didn't want people to be upset that he was leaving or sad that he was leaving. And I think he kind of did get forced out because the arrival of Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis is kind of forcing him out. But also, he looks like an old man that needs a cane walking down the court, but obviously put up a great stat line last night. Got to play 33 minutes. 30 burger is what he put up. 30 points, 8 rebounds. I think it was one block. Uh, I didn't see how many steals and assists. Maybe I can find that in a little bit. But just that's an incredible guy right there. Always, always, always has helped in the community, and he didn't even release any of the press releases. I encourage you to go to the Dallas Mavericks Twitter and go watch the videos that were played. Uh, it was really cool, and every single team, every single venue would give him a standing ovation anytime he would play, and everyone would chant, We want Dirk. If that doesn't explain how much love the whole world has for Dirk Nowitzki compared to Dwayne Wade and the humbleness that Dirk is compared to Dwayne Wade, I don't know what will. Because Dirk is so much of a better guy than Dwayne Wade. And it's just the fact that, I don't I don't know, I feel like Dwayne Wade's getting much a lot more news coverage in like from, from like the Today Show. I saw it was all Dwayne Wade. There was nothing about Dirk. 
If you go back and watch last night, they had a whole 30-minute post-game, and both teams stayed the entire time. And it was NBA legends were out there to talk about Dirk, out there on the court with a microphone, talking about how great of a player Dirk is. And I think some of those were Larry Bird, Charles Barkley, And I think there was a couple others. I really encourage you to go and watch that stuff. I think Dallas Mavericks Twitter has that all up. Really cool stuff. Uh, NFL-wise, there's really not too much going on. It looks like the NFL draft, or obviously the NFL draft's coming up on April 25th through April 27th. Highly recommend you tune in at least to the first two shows. So the 25th and 26th, I encourage you to watch if you're a sports fan because we're going to see where Kyler Murray goes because he's such an exciting prospect, especially Nick Bosa as well, who's going to go number one. Quinnen Williams has been thrown in the mix. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. The Dallas Cowboys, uh, since we're in Dallas, I'll, I'll talk about them for a little bit. Who are they going to go for now that they got DeMarcus Lawrence signed long-term, which was a great deal. They were able to save $10 million in the cap by giving him that long-term deal than they would have had when they had the franchise tag on him. Really good deal for the Dallas Cowboys. Five years, I think it was over $100 million, $65 million guaranteed, which was the absolute perfect amount for a guy of his just incredible football playing ability for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Now, also, I just want to really kind of jump in to this. And I've done some research on it. I, I I even researched it for a paper I wrote back in college but I, I, I want to introduce you to chronic traumatic encephalopathy, and this is a big jump from where uh, what I was just talking about. I want it to get really serious. So chronic traumatic encephalopathy, which is also known as CTE, it's uh, well known in the world of sports. It's very similar to Alzheimer's where it breaks down the brain. Uh, it can cause depression, headaches, suicidal thoughts, and behavior, also impulsive behavior. And uh, it was discovered by Dr. Bennett Omalu back in 2002 when he was able to find a degenerative disease in a former NFL player, Mike Webster. So after, Bennett, after Dr. Bennett Omalu discovered this, he took it to the NFL because these guys were, there were several people that just weren't right. There's a bunch of guys that were severely depressed a couple had already committed suicide. Some had gone crazy. Um, so just to talk a little bit about this. It, so the NFL shot him down and they called Bennett Amalu a liar until he proved his discoveries and ended up having the NFL recognize the disease, which was way later on. This is after everyone figured out how crooked the NFL is. The NFL is still very crooked because the fact that Colin Kaepernick doesn't have a team, but that's for a whole nother episode I can have. But the NFL is very, very crooked. And the fact that they didn't want people to know about CTE and how serious it is for these former players, and it's very common in football. That's why it's mostly around football. Um, And the fact that they wouldn't even let him release this information for parents, for current players, for players that already have CTE, it is absolutely devastating and insanely sad. Uh, so some of the professional players like Junior Seau and Ken Stabler, Junior Seau of the Chargers, Ken Stabler back then of the Raiders, uh, they both passed away because of CTE and the side effects that it had on them. And, and those were two f- absolutely phenomenal players, and it can affect anyone. 
and I think that's why that's really why helmets have become such a big focus in the way hitting and tackling have become a huge focus in the NFL and rule changes. Now, if you're one of those people that says football is not the same that it used to be, you need to shut your mouth, go do some research on CTE, because I promise you, you will change your mind and realize, oh, if I was in that situation, I wouldn't want to have permanent brain damage for the rest of my life and never be the same person ever again. I mean, that's so selfish for someone to say that they don't like the sport because of the changes to protect these players and their long-term health. If anyone thinks that the that that is the wrong thing to do by having these rules, I really think you shouldn't listen to this podcast because I think you are ignorant if you think that. So going back to CTE. <clears throat> so most parents now, obviously, they've started to take notice and they began taking a bunch of their kids out of sports and stuff uh, to keep that disease from reaching their children. Uh, but I say... I think that they should they I think that parents they should encourage their kids to uh, stay away from uh, from contact sports because I think that they have uh, they do have that increased risk which can cause suicide and uh, brain damage and other things that can't be cured. I mean I, I at least think hold them off that until they're old enough to make that decision for themselves and until they get educated on that because I really do believe that you need to educate yourself on CTE before you make the decision on whether or not you're going to go play football or whether you're going to go be an MMA fighter or something relevant to that nature because it is a very serious thing. It is something that you definitely need to research because it is very serious lifelong effects if you aren't keeping or if you aren't paying attention to this and it is very important that you do. So uh, it was basically back in September 2002. This was when uh, Bennett Omalu, he was he, he was given the assignment uh, to do an op- to perform an autopsy on Steelers center Mike Webster. Uh, he basically heard that Webster went from being a nine-time Pro Bowler and four-time Super Bowl champion champion to homeless and dead at 50 years old. So Dr. Omalu had been told that he would that he would super glue his rotting teeth, would pee in his own oven, and would use a taser gun on himself to help him go to sleep and even would forget how to eat. So Dr. Omalu, and, and this is from, I'm, I'm kind of doing off some of my research uh, that I've done formerly of 2018. This was, a, I, I wrote a, a super long paper about it, but this is how I was able to learn myself and kind of inform myself more about CTE, which I encourage you all to do. So it looks like, uh, let me see. So uh, Dr. Omalu, he took a closer look at uh, Mike Webster to discover what the heck like even happened, you know? And he discovered the disease and he called it CTE, also known as chronic traumatic encephalopathy. He wrote his discoveries in the neurology journal and then he sent his findings to doctors of the NFL and he was hoping that they would be pleased by his discovery of CTE and that they would encourage him to figure out a, cur- a cure and to inform all these other players. And that's not what happened. So NFL doctors, they responded saying it was a, it was a misunderstanding that he did something wrong in his research. And then that made um, Mr. Omalu set out to basically 
prove his discovery when he studied uh, the another former Steeler, Terry Long. And Terry Long had died at 45 years old. And the cause of his death was he was drinking antifreeze. And it, it's, it's horrifying to think that such a disease can make people do this to themselves. And he had suffered from the same symptoms that uh, Mike Webster had, and Dr. Omalu had published his research to the journal Neurology once again. And this basically proved that he knew what he was talking about, and it proved that what he found was actually true. And so if so, that made it to the headlines, and it finally was debuted to the world. I think that this was all within the year 2002, there's also a movie about Dr. Bennett Omalu. Will Smith stars in it, and he is uh, Dr. Bennett Omalu in the movie, or that's who he's portraying. Uh, I recommend you go watch it because it is it, it it's very emotional, um, but it also is very good to inform yourself to know uh, this type of stuff. Um, so basically, by the time people had heard of of what happened to those two former players, the NFL continued to deny. Omalu's claims it's ridiculous and and this is something that uh from what I know it's commonly referred to as a great sport ethic which is basically when athletes will do whatever it takes to perform at an elite level in their athletic careers uh, which would include doping taking painkillers and thinks that the only way to succeed was by winning so they were taking this basically taking this stuff on uh I mean, what Omalu had wanted was them to say, hey, football is dangerous. But what really happened is they didn't want to admit that football was dangerous and they weren't concerned about these players' long-term health. So these players set out to do whatever it took to win and to keep their bodies performing no matter what was happening to their head and to the rest of their bodies and to their long-term health. But uh, parents now, they've uh, became more involved in their children's decision, participating in those sports in order to kind of help protect their child from this from happening. Um, also, there was a debate on whether whether or not parents should decide for their children or not to participate in sports. I think parents should probably keep their child from participating in sports, like I said, while they're young because they can focus on maintaining their long-term health and educate themselves on CTE and the after effects that it can cause after you're done playing the sport even while you're, while you're currently playing this sport so those that put their children in the sport without with their child having no knowledge what they're getting into uh, leads to something called the great sports myth and it's basically parents telling their kids to push their bodies to the maximum limit because the child eventually is going to start believing that, hey, I have to win in order for my parents to be happy and to love me, which is so wrong, uh, but I think it's so common nowadays, and it's something that really you, you need to, you need to look, take a look at yourself in the mirror and really ponder this. It, this, is, it's, this is huge because there's, I feel like there's several parents out there that do push their kids, but they don't know when to stop. Because these kids think, oh, I have to keep going until I almost pass out to make my mom and dad happy for me, or my mom, or my dad, or or whatever their whatever the label is. And this, it basically it le- that 
type of mindset leads that child into their teenage years and their adult years, which is going to rapidly increase the risk of developing CTE. And it's that think about the every single hit from another player that they take every time that they fall to the ground, which is every single play, every time a lineman hits another lineman and those two helmets collide. It's almost like every single collision is a tiny, tiny concussion. But think about 50 tiny concussions piled on top of each other equals about one concussions or one concussion, excuse me. So when, when thinking about it and me, I, me formally being a football player, I think about it, I, which it, it really scares me. And I'm kind of glad that I'm not a current football player because this stuff scares me. I wasn't quite given the ability of elite ability to do so to get my whole college paid for, unfortunately, but maybe it's what's for the best. And I want to educate current athletes and current students and parents and and children and kids and teenagers. I want y'all to know that every time you take a hit, every time that you're going to clash with another player, every time you're in practice and you hit a player in their chest on their shoulder pads, every time that your head hits the ground, that your brain's going to rock back and forth and hit either side of your skull, which is a mini concussion. Now, it's a mini concussion piled on top of each other. And I think that uh, children who are thrown into sports that, that early, I think it's they may have a better grasp on how to play the sport, but... That's not what's best for them. I think they need to educate themselves before deciding whether or not they need to participate. Some of the best NFL players didn't start to play football until their freshman years of high school or sophomore junior years of, of high school or of high school, excuse me. Uh, so a couple of stories I want to tell you. This this went into my research. And my heartfelt condolences go out to these families that were courageous and brave enough to tell these stories and that I was able to read these stories and educate myself on this. So a former high school student, and he was a standout football player, and uh, this w- this article was called The Concussion Diaries, One Player's Secret Struggle with CTE, and it was Zach Easter was the kid's name. Now, uh, he was a hard-hitting football player. He suffered several concussions while in high school but he would take these painkillers so he could keep playing all throughout his senior year because he didn't want to quit. And during his college years, he uh, he unfortunately wasn't able to make it in football going into college because of the amount of concussions that he had suffered. But during his college years, he became addicted to drugs, became suicidal, and visited therapists to discuss his own mental health. Uh, several months, he had... Um, He had been writing his own suicide note and told his parents to even donate his brain to Dr. Dr. Omalu in that suicide note. Uh, He later ended up committing suicide and would be diagnosed with CTE from Dr. Bennett Omalu. Um, But unfortunately, it's not the first time to hear a case like this. Former middle school, high school, college, and professional athletes, they always suffer these headaches, concussions, concussions. They come into contact with another person or after impact from the ground or even if you run into a pole that's a mini that's a mini concussion and it's it's led many to for many people becoming suicidal depressed uh i think that's a huge thing or bipolar disorder or uh 
even being diagnosed with CTE. And it, it's so serious, and I highly encourage you, if you are suffering from any symptoms, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Uh, DM me on Twitter at Shantz underscore five or on Instagram at Shantz five altogether. Um, it's it's just, it's I'm always here for you, and there's always someone to talk to because you're not alone. Because I, this is huge for me to say, but I, I suffer myself I'm, myself, I suffer from depression, and it, it's a really hard thing to get over. But the best way to get over it, or get, to kind of cope with your depression, is to be able to talk about it with someone. And I understand the way you feel because it, it sucks. Do not be afraid to reach out and go get some help because everyone loves you. I love you. I love every single one of my listeners. I love everyone. I want everyone to just be the happiest that they can be, spread positivity, and be the absolute best person you can be and bring out the best in people. So please don't hesitate to reach out with me or to me. I am very open. I'm open at all times, really, for anyone that is struggling with that type of stuff. Um, I'm here for you. So it looks like, so it, it took the, basically some of those terrible events happening in order for change to start happening in sports but because cte is so closely related to football because of the repeated hits to the head and hitting the ground most football programs now they require equipment to be updated every few years in order to prevent concussions from happening uh tackling rules have been changed to it being illegal to hit helmet to helmet um obviously blindside hits as well uh, chop blocks have become a thing because your head's going to hit the ground really hard. It can also cause tor- cause torn ACLs, etc. Um, however, it does this these changes in equipment and updating of equipment. It doesn't prevent concussions or CTE from occurring to those who are participating in it because concussions are basically the definition of how concussions are called or are caused. Excuse me, is by the rapid back and forth movement of the brain. And preventing that is basically impossible because your brain's going to move. Your skull may not move. It may keep your skull from cracking with these updated helmets and stuff, but it's not going to keep your brain from moving around and hitting your skull uh, really hard and causing a concussion. So that's why CTE really still exists and how it's, it's still so common even with the increased technology um, but no matter what new technology is created, it won't. Com- it will never completely uh, keep the brain from that rapid back and forth movement whenever you hit a player, and it happens with every single player. Your brain does not stay still. It happens to anyone and everyone, whether or not you get a concussion or not. That's your head that's going to hit your skull every single time you tackle someone. Um, so Tom Goldman states in his article, uh, repeated head hits, not just concussions, may lead to a type of chronic brain damage. That's all the name of the article. Uh, it says that not having any concussions in sports does not prevent you from developing CTE. Uh, it is repeated hits to the head that causes the disease to happen in children at such a young age, and it follows them throughout their life. Now, it that's horrible, and it's... It's so sad, too, because CTE, it can't be diagnosed to someone who's still alive. And and it's heartbreaking to know that. Maybe 
later when technology is continuing to improve and evolve and maybe someday we'll be able to I'm guess I, I guess be able to discover CTE in a person that is still alive. I think there was a case recently. I can't uh, think of the name. I do recommend you go and look it up uh, for any players or anyone currently living that got diagnosed with CTE or has the early symptoms of CTE, which I know several players do have had early symptoms of CTE and ended up just retiring from football in order to prevent those long-term effects from hurting themselves in their future life but uh it's just like cancer it it can't be cured with any medication but i think the key word is it can't be cured with any medication yet uh i'm still skeptical i don't know whether or not they found the cure to cancer i don't know if they're hiding it i'm not really into the government conspiracy things but it's just interesting um i mean the it's it's just hard because the great sports myth that uh which says all sports are pure and good and educates all those involved uh that's why people have become so afraid after cte was discovered and they're afraid that sports are just going to be taken away from their lives well sports aren't going to be taken away from your life now i don't know how long football is going to last i love watching football don't get me wrong and i'm i'm even a culprit of sometimes cheering on big hits or going ooh whenever there's a big hit on TV and and it's terrible that I do that because I'm thinking of the amount of damage that that player is that damage that is happening to that player's brain not only the player that got hit but the person or the player that's hitting that other player as well um so I don't recommend you cheer those on I definitely am very supportive of the rule changes in tackling and how it is going to protect players and go and find me one thing just one second hold on <clears throat> go and find me one article or something where a current nfl player does not support the rule changes tell me one player that doesn't support the rule changes of possibly getting rid of kickoff returns tell me a player that uh, doesn't like the rule changes that have eliminated head-to-head hits it's saving these players lives like if if you if, if I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go out and say this here. If you support the opposite to not having any change and to, to it being the ways it always it used to be with uh, Terry Long, I think it was, and Mike Webster back when they were with the Steelers and Junior out that's how it's gonna be with these current players that you're just admiring, and that's gonna happen to them. Don't let it happen to them. Don't be the negative for something that needs to happen in order to make people aware of of this is what can happen at the end of your playing career you need to educate yourself you need to educate others that's why i'm doing this podcast for you guys because i wanted you i wanted to educate you guys on cte because it is so important to me um there have been things i know the seattle seahawks of the nfl have created a hawk tackle which is now being used in high school sports a lot of coaches are showing it um, on how to properly tackle the proper tackling technique Uh, there's all sorts of energy injuries excuse me injuries that can happen uh, just playing football in general because I think Ryan Shazier back in that game against the Bengals whenever he just made a tackle but his back bent the wrong way and he basically broke his back and almost became paralyzed and it is in 
I mean, he's a walking miracle how he's even able to walk. And the fact that he's working out is incredible and inspiring. And I applaud that guy. But disabilities should never be frowned upon. That's why I'm so supportive. I, Shaquem Griffin, I think that the fact that there can't, that people have such a big deal against deaf players. Who do you think, where do you think that hand signals originated from? It was a deaf college is the one that created the hand signals. Derek Coleman, a fantastic former fullback for the Seattle Seahawks. I think he's still on the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, he's a deaf football player, is just a very, very good player. Um, but CTE is so serious and it affects everyone. And I, th I guess the NFL now, they've started to take measures. They, uh, keep, they keep new equipment for the players. They teach the proper form of tackling, as I said. And uh, for the most part, we're able to diagnose concussions on the spot. Uh, and I think it's because of the backlash that the NFL had received from the or that the NFL received from them denying Dr. Omalu's studies and all of his research. Um, so now the league has to provide proper safety training and equipment for all athletes and athletes participating in the sports. And people have began speaking out about concussions. They're not scared anymore. And I think it's, it's so, so important for everyone to just remain informed look for that cure if, if you're a scientist listening to this please just look into it dr omalu please hook up with him i don't have a hookup with him unfortunately i would love to be able to talk to dr bennett omalu uh but it's uh, that that is one one very brave man he was receiving death threats uh all sorts of terrible backlash from nfl from who knows, probably fans. They didn't like what he had found. They thought that he was going to change their sport and get rid of the sport. Don't be. I applaud you, Ben and Amalu. Thank you so much. I really do. I, I thank you for saving so many players' lives and so many future lives ahead of them. Um, it's so important that you go and look this up and research CTE. Uh, that's. I, I've had some personal occurrences where I feel like there's people around me that may have early symptoms of CTE. And if if you may be experiencing any of these symptoms, please go get help. Please reach out to me. I am more than willing to help you out and uh, be a friend. I love you. I love you all. Uh, before we head on out of here, I do want to tell you, just kind of end on a positive note as well. I uh, wanted to tell you about this awesome place in Denton called Rock and Roll Sushi. I do like it better than Sushi Motto. It's m more, uh, it's it's higher priced. It's not pricey. I was told not to say it's expensive. It's moderately priced, so about 14 bucks to 10 bucks per sushi roll. And this place, it's located right next to Pizza Snob in Denton as you're entering the square. And it is, oh my goodness, so good. Uh, I think we got, and, and it's really neat, so Rock and Roll Sushi, when you step in, there's hardly anyone there. No one really knows about it, and I'm telling you about this hole-in-the-wall place because I really encourage you to go there, give them some business, show them some love, tell them that the Guaranteed Entertainment Podcast sent you, and hopefully... They'll give me a little bit of sponsorship. We won't get into that. Maybe so. Uh, but their menus are old vinyl covers of Led Zeppelin. There's Kiss. There's all sorts of these bands. Queen. 
so so cool it is so cool and you open up the final menu and it's got every single sushi roll is named after a band so i got i i went out with uh excuse me for just a second gonna grab a little water here so i had gotten a kiss roll which was so good um i think this one was deep fried it had crab meat Oh man, I probably should pull this up for you, shouldn't I? But also, let me let me pull up their menu for you. Let's see. And I encourage you to go ahead and type it in there and go eat some tonight because it is so so good. All right, let's see. It's a bad time for the Wi-Fi to quit working on me. Come on. All right, so we got their menu pulling up here. Okay. So, yeah, so the kiss roll has uh, shrimp tempura. It's topped with baked crab meat, eel sauce, spicy mayo, and crunchy flakes. Uh, this one isn't deep fried, but man, it was amazing. Um, I love wasabi. That one's a little hard to put wasabi on because it's kind of got like a little bit of a mound on top for the shrimp tempura. So, so good. It is mouthwatering. Um, and we also got the Sweet Home Alabama Roll. It's smoked salmon, crab meat, avocado, cream cheese, topped with spicy mayonnaise, eel sauce, and crunchy flakes. And the whole roll is fried. Oh my goodness. So, so amazing. So good. It's mouthwatering. Please go and check them out. Get an order of fried rice. Get an order of their uh, ginger salad. It is so good. And I even had a dessert because I was so impressed with the place. Uh, the... Stairway to Heaven brownies, I really recommend. It's a fried brownie served with vanilla ice cream, topped with whipped cream, and drizzled with chocolate and caramel, and oh my goodness, it is so good. It's also got some strawberries on there that are sliced up. Oh, it's mouth-watering. So good. Go to Rock and Roll Sushi out in Din. Inform yourself on CTE. We talked about top news stories of the week. Obviously, Dirt Nowitzki being the better player and having the better legacy than Dwayne Wade. Uh, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, please follow me on Twitter at Shantz underscore five and on Instagram at Shantz five altogether. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Guaranteed Entertainment Podcast. I'm your host, Garen Shantz. I love you guys. Have a good day.